Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You are here for episode number 57, year two. It is Friday afternoon and I am with you recording for Thursday, yesterday. You know, I don't even think I'm going to make excuses anymore for why I'm recording the next day, unless there was a particularly interesting or important reason. In this case, none of the above. I just was pretty tired last night, and it got late. And here I am on Friday afternoon. I'm glad you are with me whenever and wherever you are at this moment, as my voice is coming into your ear. And I'm glad you're here as I listen, as you listen, excuse me, to how I experienced the presence of God yesterday as I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open. So yesterday, Thursday, was a day in which I gave a fairly rare quiz to my students. And by rare, I mean not very often. Of course, that is what rare means. But what I mean is I don't give quizzes very often to my freshman religion students. But it was time... And this particular quiz is over the topic that we've been working on lately, which is the Genesis creation stories and what do Christians, specifically Catholics, believe about what I call the big truths or the deeper truths of creation. So again, it's this idea that we as Catholics don't take the creation stories literalistically, meaning we don't believe in an actual seven 24-hour days and that you know, that it was created literally, literally, literalistically as it is described in the text of the Bible. Rather, Catholics believe that God used mechanisms and methods and process like evolution that is described in what is called big history these days, which I've talked about on this podcast numerous times. Well, that's what we were talking about yesterday, this week, and what my students were quizzed on. So, it was a pretty straightforward quiz. There were 16 of what I called big truths that the kids were responsible for knowing. And then I put those in a multiple choice format, took out a word or two, and then they had to choose the right word to fill in the blank. Pretty straightforward. So, the very first question, and I told the kids right up front, that these are the first two of the big truths. First one is God created everything. And the second one is everything God created is slash was or was slash is good. And then everything else flows from there. So when I do multiple choice, especially, I like to kind of, um, you know, play around with them a little bit. Usually I use four distractors, four possible choices. And, um, you know, obviously one is right. And then a second one is maybe seems close to right. And then a third kind of further away. And I usually always like to do something kind of ridiculous for the fourth one. I know I'm not alone as a teacher and, you know, kind of doing this. But that fourth one, sometimes I'll get a little bit um, cagey, shall we say, a little bit funny. Sometimes it's ridiculous and Yesterday, in particular, I had a Easter egg, I would call it, for a choice on that very first question. Blank created everything. 
And I was really wondering if any of my students would catch the Easter egg. And lo and behold, one of my students did. And I'm so proud of him. I don't say students' names on this podcast, and I don't even try to describe them that much because I don't want anyone listening who might know my students to try to guess who the students are. But this was a student in one of my classes after lunch, and he came to me after having taken the quiz and kind of had a little mischievous smile on his face. And he's a great kid, very uh, thoughtful and sensitive and perceptive and bright and Sometimes a little hard to understand exactly what he's saying, so it took me a minute. But once I got it, I just had a big smile. So he comes to me and he says, "Um, I intentionally got one of the questions wrong. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And he's like, you gave me a choice on one of those. And he said, for that first question that was blank created everything, he said, I know it was the wrong answer. I know it wasn't right. But I answered the flying spaghetti monster. And I smiled at him and I kind of looked at him and I says, oh, really? I said, do you know who the flying spaghetti monster is? And he smiled and nodded and said, yes. And I said, oh, are you a pastafarian? And again, he kind of looked at me. He knew what I was talking about and kind of smiled again and sort of said, shrugged his shoulders and said, maybe. After the break, sorry to leave you with a cliffhanger here. After the break, dear listener, if you'll stay with me, I will share with you a little bit of what I know about Pastafarianism, the flying spaghetti monster, and why this is relevant to what we were discussing in class, and also how I felt God's presence in the midst of that particular moment just described. thank you, dear listener, for staying through the break. So, Pastafarianism. Ah, what a fun thing to talk about. Now, the Wikipedia page is where I'm getting this information from. And it attributes this religion, I put that in quotation marks, which is really designed to be a satirical comment on creationism. And specifically creationism and the moments and the times when we're talking, generally speaking, biblical fundamentalists have gone to school boards and gone to other educational bodies and have tried to block the teaching of evolution in public school classrooms. And Pastafarianism came from A 24-year-old, his name was Bobby Henderson, it was back in 2005 when he wrote a letter to the Kansas State School Board because the school board was blocking texts and educational programs in science that taught evolution. And they wanted to have um, a parallel or a concurrent within the curriculum, and these are public schools, mind you of intelligent design saying that there must have been emphasis must have been an intelligent creator that guided and shaped creation almost certainly in the seven days as literalistically described in genesis 
And the point initially of Pastafarianism was really to show this idea of, well, what is a religion? And if one religion, in this case, biblical fundamentalism, if one religion is going to have this kind of power and this kind of sway, what stops another religion from wanting to try to get their beliefs incorporated into a school curriculum as well? And it just kind of took off from there. Now, obviously, in 2005, the internet was in its infancies. Nevertheless, this apparently, and I remember it vaguely, I was really right in the midst of raising little children back in 05, so I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the popular culture. But I do remember it and knew at that point that it did get interest and it got some traction. And even according to the Wikipedia article, some of the Kansas State board members who received the letters who were against the teaching of creationism and or intelligent design in the public school curriculum um, actually supported uh, Henderson and supported this um, desire or supported this, really it was a legal challenge to try to incorporate this other perspective, to point out how really unfair and un-American and quite frankly unconstitutional it is to mandate this type of teaching in public schools. And the flying spaghetti monster comes from this religion of Pastafarianism. He is sometimes, according to them, called his noodly appendage. And they've really taken this forward. In fact, I, I think this group has even um, declared that their sacred headwear that is worn by some of their um, their um, adherents is a colander. Yes, a, a noodle colander. And I think they've even allowed, gotten it to the point where one is allowed in certain states, maybe California, to wear a colander on your head when you are taking your driver's license photo because, again, that is... Um, uh, just fair, right? If if people wearing hijabs or yarmulkes for their religious purposes, this group is saying, hey, you can wear a colander because it's ours. Now, you might be wondering how a, someone like myself who takes faith very seriously and teaches religion and does believe in an intelligent designer, because I do believe that God created everything through the process that we call evolution, starting with the Big Bang, and that God was engaged and involved in various um, points, points which big history calls thresholds along the way. You might wonder how I am speaking, I guess, generally positively about the Flying Spaghetti Monster, also known as FSM, by the way. And here it is. Here's why. First of all, I love satire. I just think satire is great. And I think that there is as long as satire is done respectfully, and by respectfully, I mean not intentionally trashing someone else's beliefs that they hold to be sacred, and that they're respectful of taboos, perhaps things like, you know, showing Muhammad and doing cartoons that, you know, definitely are designed to provoke, I think one can satirize even religion. And I think something like this that is being done as a satire to raise legal issues in public schools, I think, is really pretty clever and pretty effective, I think. And again, I feel very strongly that public schools have these walls and these boundaries 
And if a parent doesn't like that, then they can have other schooling options. That's been made pretty clear. So I'm creating a third segment today. I had to stop after the end of that second segment, but I am wrapping this up now. So the God presence moment, as I said, was the humor of satire, the cleverness of using something thoughtful, yet I believe respectfully, respectfully provocative to raise important legal issues. I think though, over all of that, what is The biggest God presence moment is the fact that this student pointed it out to me in such a, I just think, such a kind of funny and really, honestly, cute way. I went and checked uh, my digital grading to see if any other students answered on that question anything besides God or Spaghetti Monster. And this gentleman, young man, was the only one who answered Spaghetti Monster. And again, I appreciate it that he told me, and I even gave him extra credit for it, believe it or not. (laughs) I gave an extra point for for, uh, cleverness and for knowing exactly who the FSM, the Flying Spaghetti Monster, is. So, when have you experienced God in humor, in parody, in satire, in places that Others might scorn and say, that is bereft of God's presence. That's evil, maybe. (laughs) I, I don't know that anything really is, unless it is designed to hurt, designed to injure, designed to wound. I think God's presence permeates everything, and therefore anything including religious satire, can be an avenue of grace and of learning and of communion and connection. So when have you experienced that recently in your life? As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.